Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Leviticus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, as he approaches um, the apex of his entire life. Which is the death of the cross, death on the cross. Thankful for all the miracles that he has done, but the greatest miracle is when he died for my sins. As we talked about last week, it was at that moment that a great exchange happened in heaven. He exchanged my sinful nature for his righteousness. Touch somebody and say, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. See, we don't act like it's a miracle because we don't want people to know just how wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in sin we really were. But do I have anybody in this house that knows that you was a mess, you was a wretch undone, but thanks be unto God that he looked beyond all of my faults, amen, and saw our need. Leviticus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, I'll be reading from the NIV translation And the Lord called unto Moses, and the Lord called unto Moses, and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd, and of the flock, If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Verse 4, and he shall put his hand, and he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Read verse 4 one more time. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted. Somebody say accepted. For him to make atonement. Let's say that word together, atonement. For him. I want to use for a subject this morning, he's got me covered. He's got me covered. Father, we thank you for your word, for your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, and we pray that your word will illuminate our path this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord on your way down. Just look at somebody and say, he's got me covered. He's got me covered. Amen. He's got me covered. 
The other day I was, uh, I was talking with Denea, our children's pastor, uh, and I was trying to get an update on the amount of money that was raised by our kids' ministry for Glory Academy. Um, that last Sunday in the month of March, we had our kids, they were doing their coin drive. And uh, so we were, you know, we, re- we was dumping the coins into the boys versus gir- girls jar. And so I wanted to get an update uh, on, on where we were with their fundraising efforts uh, as we are supporting Glory Academy there in Liberia, Africa. And uh, she told me that she went, <laughs> she told me that she went to the coin star machine uh, to make counting the money go a lot faster. I said, well, Danae, they take out a percentage from the coin star machine and we want to give all of it to Glory Academy. And, and so I, I said, I said, well, what was the amount that they took out? So I'll know because I'll put it back in. Uh, because we want 100% of the funds that were raised to go, to go to Glory Academy. And then she responds to me. She says, uh, don't worry about it, Pastor D. Uh, it's taken care of. I, I, said, I said, well, Denea, listen, I don't want you to do this because if y'all know anything about Denea, she would take the little money that we do give her and put it all right back into the children's ministry. I said, I don't want, I don't want you to do it. Just let me know what it is, and I'll pay it. And, and, and then she said this to me. She said, don't worry about it, Pastor D. I got the plug. Now, I tried to act like I knew what she was talking about. But truthfully, I had no idea what she was talking about, Sister Robin. So, 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 so I, went, I went to the Urban Dictionary. Now, don't y'all go to the Urban Dictionary. I'm going to give y'all what the Urban Dictionary said because a whole lot of other definitions in it. But, but this is the one that, that I figured that she must admit. The Urban Dictionary says, this is what I found out what the phrase, the plug, means. The plug is a term. Listen to me good. The, the plug is a term used to describe someone, watch this, who is a resource for obtaining something valuable that would otherwise be difficult to obtain. Y'all don't know when to shout. I'm trying to see what kind of church I got here today. Let me read it again. It says, the plug is a term used to describe someone who is a resource for obtaining something valuable that would otherwise be difficult to obtain. I want to know, is there anybody in here that realized they got the plug. Uh, you know you would have never been able to achieve what you've achieved. Drive what you're driving. Live where you're living. Hello, somebody. Do what you're doing. Marry who you married. Dripping how you dripping if it had not been for the plug. Let's look at somebody and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be where I am today. Look at somebody and say, Jesus, he's my plug. Come on, somebody, look at somebody else and say, Jesus is my plug. Especially, especially when I think about my sinful nature. Anybody in here know, y'all got a, anybody in here had a past? Yeah, come on, come on. See, when I think about my sinful nature, when we look at the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus is a book about the priesthood. 
And it's all about, watch this, it, it's all about the plan of God to deal with the sin of man. That's what the book of Leviticus really in a nutshell is really all about. It's about the plan of God and how he plans to deal with the sin of man. So here's the principal point for this morning. The principal point simply is this. There is only one way for God to deal with sin. He must judge it. Are y'all hearing me today? There's only one way for God to deal with sin. He must judge it. And in Leviticus, he gives us the law of how he goes about doing it. He accomplishes this through a term that we call, this is a big term, but I don't want you to miss it. It's called atonement. Atonement. At one mint. <laughs> atonement. The Bible still clearly states the ages of sin is gift of God is eternal life. So if we understand that the only way for God to deal with sin is that he must judge it, here's the thing that we must understand that we have to apply to our lives. Here's the practice point. Don't miss this. Here it is. We need to be thankful that through atonement, watch this, God is able to judge sin while still showing mercy to the sinner. Lord, have mercy in this place. Did y'all catch that? He is able through atonement, God is able to judge sin while still showing mercy to the sinner. See, the priest in that day served, uh, the priest of God serves as the mediator between God and man. And, and it offers in man's stead a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice of blood, and that sacrifice of blood was simply, watch this, to satisfy, to satisfy the judgment of the Almighty against sin and offer forgiveness and freedom from the guilt, from guilt to the sinner. I want you to notice a couple things about the verses that we just read, and then I promise we're going to be out of here. There's just a few things that I think it's important to lift up and highlight. When you look at verse 2, it talks about the offering had to be of the herd. In other words, the offering had to, the offering was made like all others. And when we understand the parallel of this, when we look at the New Testament, Jesus, watch this, was made in the likeness of of sinful flesh that he might condemn sin in the flesh. That's Romans 8 and 3. I said that he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh that he might condemn sin 
in the flesh. He had to become just like us, but yet and still, he was of the herd. He was in our, he was made in the likeness of sinful nature or in the likeness of sinful flesh so that he could condemn sin and kill, put to death sin in the flesh. Are you with me this morning? Then when we get down to verse 3, look at what it says. It's still, but it still had to be a perfect lamb without blemish. <laughs> so he was made in the likeness of sinful nature or sinful flesh, but he was still made, kept perfect without spot or blemish. He was one of us, but never became marred with, with us in our sin. Only Jesus could do this. <laughs> because if you're really honest about it, you may try to go in and do some things to try to redeem people from certain situations. But how many know we end up doing some of the things that they end up doing? Y'all ain't talking back to me this morning. I thought this was Palm Sunday. And, and, and we end up getting tangled up and, and wrapped up in the same stuff that we, that we tried to call ourselves going in and helping them out of. But Jesus was able to be one of us, but never become marred with us in our sin. If I can put it to you plain like this, he subjected himself to our poverty, but never suffered our bankruptcy. He, 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 he went through this life and he, he took off his robe in glory, pulled off his majestic ways while in heaven and came down into earth and became just like us. But he never had to suffer bankruptcy. When you look at verse 3, you also look at the fact, look at what it says. And he shall offer it of his own voluntary will. Lord, help us. Jesus laid down his life. And let me just tell you something. Here's a news bulletin. If you ever receive atonement, it will have to be voluntary as well. You have to give of yourself voluntarily. Let, let me just tell you this. He is a gentleman, and he's not going to force himself upon you. The plan and, and, and the way for salvation is available for all. But let me tell you something. It's for all who receive it and accept it. So here's some things that we got to note about sacrifice. Number one, sacrifice, it was a public sacrifice. It was a public sacrifice. Look at verse 3. It says, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. How many know that's public? And just like that was public, so was Christ publicly offered. And if you ever get saved, you will also have to not be ashamed because the Apostle Paul also tells us that I, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Watch this. For everyone that believes, we can't be ashamed. That's why when you... Uh, uh, 
though the, 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 the road to salvation and Jesus coming into your heart is a very personal and private thing, there comes a point where you must go public. That's what we call baptism. <laughs> baptism is going public with your faith. Baptism is saying, I'm taking off the jersey that says uh, Team Devil, and I'm putting on the jersey that says Team Jesus. Is there anybody in here that knows it's good for you to go public and let the world know that whose team you belong to? So it was a public sacrifice. Somebody say public sacrifice. It was not only a public sacrifice, but it was also a providential sacrifice. Look at verse 3. It says that you must do it, what? Before the Lord. Hey, remember, because I, I, I don't want us to forget this point. The death of the atonement is first for the sake of the sovereign and secondly for the sake of the sinner. See, don't miss this. God, God, for his sake, he is holy. And he cannot, uh, though, he, th th though he desires to be in fellowship and communion with us, he cannot be in fellowship and communion with us in our own sinful nature. So he brought about atonement, first off, for his name's sake, so that he would not be, be considered someone that is, that is, who is holy that's allowing himself to interact or engage with the unholy because God has laws, he has rules. He says you cannot intermingle the two. But see, it's first for him, the sovereign, and it's secondly for us, the sinner. <laughs> and so for his name's sake, he does this for us, but he does it for himself first because he longs to be in fellowship with us. Are y'all hearing me today? It's primarily to satisfy God's holiness and secondarily to forgive man's sin. You got to understand this. God is holy. And he invites us to be holy. He says, hey, y'all really should be holy. Just because I am. Hmm. It's an invitation. Come and enjoy the kind of life that I have already planned for you. It's a public sacrifice, but it's also a providential sacrifice. But then let me just give you this too. It was a personal sacrifice. Look at verse 4. It says, that it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. He died for you and for me. And he wants to save you, watch this, on a personal basis. On a personal basis. He is here 
thankful you personally. I'm thankful for the legacy and the heritage that I can look back in my generation and in my lineage and see the, 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 the sacrifice and the prayers and, and, and the work and the life that my great-grandparents lived and my grandparents lived and that my parents lived. But let me tell you something. I had to get to a point where I had to come to know who Jesus was for myself. And is there anybody in this place that you know you, you, couldn't, you couldn't make it on Grandma and them salvation? You had to come and know Jesus for yourself. And let me tell you something. He will make himself available to you personally because it is a personal sacrifice. This atonement that we're talking about, the atonement or atonement is from the root word li meaning literally, watch this, to cover. I said atonement comes from the root word that literally means to cover. Is there anybody in this place glad that God covered you? Y'all gonna act saved, y'all gonna act saved and sadiddy up in here. No, 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 not on Palm Sunday. Is there anybody in this place that when you really think about it, you could have it could have really gotten messy, but God covered me. Uh, when I really think about it, it could have really been embarrassing to me, but God, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. I could have really been put to shame, but I'm thankful that God one day covered me. I could have really had a disease, but I'm thankful that God covered me. I could have been dead and gone, but God in his providence and his only way that he could do it, he covered me. I should have been six feet in my grave, but he made death behave, and he covered me. And I, can I get somebody to shout in this place that's thankful that God looked beyond all your faults and covered you in this place? Some of us know we could have been outdoors, homeless, without even a cause, but God covered us. Ah, I thank God for his covering. Y'all probably wouldn't even want me to be your pastor, but God Help me in this place. I feel like preaching in this place today. I see somebody in this place. You ought to be glad that God covered you because you know you were a wretch undone. You wouldn't even fit to be in your own family. But thanks be unto God that he saw fit to cover you. Because... Atonement is God's manner, watch this, of canceling our debt by allowing another to pay for it. Lord, help me. I said atonement is God's manner of canceling our debt by allowing somebody else to pay for it. See, I know. Some of y'all feel like, you know, that this whole thing of supernatural debt cancellation. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, somebody got to pay it because you borrowed that money and you using that furniture. Say something to me in this place. Somebody got to pay for it because that furniture was made, it was shipped, it was delivered. And then you took out that loan, 
known you couldn't pay for it. And then you went default. Somebody had to pay for it. Can I tell you something? Your sin separates you from God. And, 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 and the law about, about what happens with sin that, that brings about a separation between you and God is that there must be bloodshed. There must be sacrifice. So we racked up a debt that we could not pay. We couldn't pay if we lived three, four, five lifetimes. We would never be able to pay it. But God canceled the debt by allowing somebody else to pay it for us. And that person's name is Jesus. He came and paid a debt on our behalf so that our debt could be canceled. Why? Because he longs to be in fellowship with us. Atonement appeases God. <laughs> it disannuls judgment. Takes away the ammunition of the punisher. And it purges away our sins. And though there is much that we could preach about atonement, I want to show in Scripture three occasions in the Bible where there was atonement made. I want to show you real quick where atonement was made. There's an example in scripture in the book of Genesis chapter 4 where atonement was made for the sons. What sons are you talking about? I'm talking about Adam's sons. There was atonement made for the sons. When the sons of Adam were cursed by their father's sin, there was atonement made for both the boys. Y'all know the boys I'm talking about, Cain and who? Abel, all right? There was atonement made for both of them, but Cain chose the fruit of his labor and rejected the blood of the lamb. Let me see if I can deal with this for a moment. He, he chose the fruit of his labor and rejected the blood of the lamb. This is, this is equivalent to people who think that their works are, gonna get, are, are enough to get them in. And they reject the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary Cross by never accepting the gift of atonement for their life that was already done by him. See, salvation is not about what you can do because it's all about what he did. It's all about what he already done for you, not about what you can do. It's not about your works. Touch somebody say it's not about your works. Not about the fruit of your labor. It's all about the blood of the lamb, the the lamb that was without spot and blemish who already sacrificed his life. Sin laid there at the door. And the only cure, the only cure for sin is blood. <laughs> the only cure for sin is the blood. Let's go to Hebrews 9 and 22. Let's 
look at this. Hebrews 9 and 22. Are you with me out there? Hebrews 9 and 22. What does it say? It says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified, watch this, with blood. And without the outshedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. There is no covering without the blood. Somebody ought to say, I'm thankful for the blood. Cain's punishment was greater than he could bear, and so will be all who reject the blood. Because in Hebrews 2 and 9, it says that he tasted death for every man. But every man won't accept the atonement. Hebrews 2 and 3, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So it was there for the sons. But let me tell you something else. It was also there for the slaves. When you look at Exodus chapter 12, when Israel was under the oppression from Israel, and mean old Pharaoh, <laughs> when Pharaoh and the death angel was making his way through the land to take the life of each of the firstborn of both man and beast, watch this. The death angel was going through the land, taking the life of the firstborn of both man and beast. There was an atonement made for the slaves. Lord, help me in this place. How in the world does this happen? God gave what he called a lamb in verse 3. Then he says, the lamb in verse 4. But then when you get down to verse 5, he says, your lamb. <laughs> he, he says, atonement was made. He called it a lamb. Atonement was made, he was in, and he said, the lamb. But then he gets real personal and he calls it your lamb. I, I believe these are the distinct phases that one person goes through in their life and on their journey to actually receiving Christ into their heart. They hear about him and, he, and they know him as a lamb. Then they start courting with him and he's, and they recognize him as the lamb. But then they get into some trouble that nobody else but Jesus can get them out of and all of a sudden he becomes your lamb. How many know that he's a personal Jesus? And no matter what stage you're in, he's always leading you to that place where you know him personally for yourself, where he's not just a lamb. He's not just the lamb, but he's my lamb. Can I, do I have anybody in here that's made him personal today? Is there anybody in here that's made him personally yours and you know him as your very own? Not only for the rich and famous, not only, uh, 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 it, 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 it's even 
for those slaves. It's interesting to note how they actually did the blood or how they actually did the markings on the post. They did it, watch this, it was in two directions. When you really read the account, you see that it was actually in two directions. It was across the top and then on the sides. Across the top and on the sides. Blood was across the top and on my side. Y'all missing it over here, so I'm just going to talk to Kenya and y'all over here. Y'all, the blood was across the top and on my side. See, across the top means that the blood stood between Israel and the Lord. It was a saving atonement. Because when you really realize that what God saved you from, yeah, we make a big deal of how God saved us from our sin, he saved us from death, but really God saved you from himself. You've been saved from the, you've been saved by God from the wrath of God. So when he looks at you, he sees the blood, and the blood was across the top, so that when he sees you, he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. Is there anybody here that's glad they've been covered along the top by the blood of Jesus? But not only was the blood across the top, the blood was down the side. So not only am I saved by God from God, but I'm also blood stood between Israel and Egypt. It was a sanctifying and separating atonement. In other words, he wanted to make sure that you didn't get mixed up with all the other heathens that was in your circle. You might still be on the same block, but God saved you, and he knows you by name, and he's making sure that when the wrath comes, it don't just take out everybody, but you're going to be spared because the blood was not only along the top, but the blood was coming down your side. Anybody in here glad that he put a hedge of protection around you and that no evil can harm you? Anybody here know that I I'm safe under the shadow of the almighty God. Anybody here glad that God put the blood on the, above me and on the side of me? He's protecting me when I come and when I go. He's protecting me when I'm high and when I'm low. He's all around me. Can't no evil harm me. I need somebody to give God some praise in this place. With the blood of the lamb. <laughs> With the blood of the lamb, the atonement that was made, not just for the sons, not just for the slaves, but it was also for the sinners. See, when all mankind realized that we were under the judgment hand of God. There was and is atonement for our sins. I'm going to take it to one last scripture. He, um, Isaiah, let's go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. And then we're going to zero in on verse 
12, but I'm going to go start at 10. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has been put, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Watch verse 12, y'all. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and bore, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He did that for us. He who was without sin became sin for us. Anybody here glad that he became sin for us? It takes the blood to wash away sin. And if you've seen yourself under condemnation today, then I'm telling you it's time to seek atonement. It's time to seek covering. Because there is room at the cross for you. Let me bring this thing on home. Jesus figuratively on a day like today was talking to his disciples. He tells two disciples. We don't even know their names, but he, the Bible says there was two of them. He says, I want y'all to go into town. And I want you to go. And you're going to get to a man. And you're going to see a donkey. I want you to untie that donkey and bring that donkey to me. I can imagine him out there untying this donkey and that man run out. Hey, 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 what y'all doing out there? Leave my donkey alone. Jesus is already giving them what to say if somebody says something to them. He says, tell them that the Lord <laughs> has need of them. So they open up their mouth and they tell the man, Jesus needs him. The man probably said, oh, <laughs> I ran into him down the street the other day. Yeah, that's fine. Tell him he can have this and whatever else he needs. Because the Lord already makes a way. So they bring the donkey to Jesus. 
first thing Jesus does is he covers the donkey. covers the donkey and then he gets on the donkey. Can I tell you something? (laughs) The fact that you're going through what you're going through, I think it's not just because of what you have to endure. I think it's more so because of what's on you. And he's on you because he covered you. So that you could bring Jesus into any and every situation that you go into. Some of y'all know we ain't nothing but a bunch of donkeys anyway. Worthless good-for-nothing donkeys, but he covered us. And he didn't just cover us, but he got on us. I thank God that Jesus is on me. He's in me, but he's on me. You may be wondering why you're going through some of the hell that you're going through. Because you got Jesus on you. And instead of you fighting and kicking against the the grain, you just need to learn how to carry Jesus. And you have the ability to carry him because he's got you covered. And because he's got you covered, he's going to make sure that you will arrive where he wants you to arrive victoriously you can't go down because Jesus is on you it says in the scripture about the donkey that 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 they tried to give him another one because the one that they were trying to get they said it wasn't even broke in yet you you weren't even broke in but you still gonna be able to make it with Jesus on you As long as he is on your side and he's got you covered, nothing will be able to break you down. You've got Jesus. You've got Jesus. You've got Jesus. And he's got you covered. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. He's got you covered. you're going through. Jesus got you. Whatever you're facing right now, Jesus got you. He's covering you. He's made atonement for you. And all you got to do is say, ride on King Jesus. No man No man can hinder you. Ride on, King Jesus. Ride on. Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. 
wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. 